Welcome to Future of Freedom. I'm your host, Scott Bertram. Future of Freedom is a production of America's Talking Network. You can check out all of our great podcasts at americastalking.com. To support great podcasts like this one, please donate by clicking the link in the show description. With me today is Dr. Donald Devine. He is Grucock Senior Scholar at the Fund for American Studies. Dr. Devine, thanks so much for joining us. Great to be here, Scott. <laughs> Thank you. As we ask uh, our guests first all the time, is, is tell us about the Fund for American Studies. What's the mission? Why does it exist? Well, it exists, uh, as uh, we officially say, to win each new generation uh, to the ideas of individual liberty, personal responsibility, and economic freedom. Uh, We think uh, that is uh, our job to go out and uh, we do it with uh, high school students, we do it with college, uh, and uh, uh, beyond school, uh, which is what I'm more uh, involved in the continuing education there. So you you do spend part of your time traveling the country, talking with younger people about uh, constitutional leadership seminars that you host. What are the lessons you have learned by talking to the, the younger generations about the country and what they think about the country and the Constitution and the opportunities that they have in the United States? What I learned mostly is uh, there is a a leadership group out there. uh, uh, They all know that uh, they've been educated poorly, except uh, the ones that go to a very few schools. Uh, uh, They don't have a lot of reading behind them, and we try to uh, encourage uh, uh, reading, even books, which (laughs) I know is difficult today, but... (laughs) We've had some success. Uh, The ones I deal with mostly know that uh, uh, they're in the minority uh, in the intellectual world. uh, But the hope to me is that uh, they see that uh, they know that leadership counts. um, And we're trying to help uh, them uh, learn those skills uh, uh, and really how to think. Uh, uh, and, you know, every society, uh, not supposed to say it probably, uh, uh, but every society is dependent on a good uh, group of leaders. Uh, and so, yes, there's a lot of bad things going on out there. Uh, we hope that uh, we're saving a, a remnant uh, uh, that can... Uh, lead America in the future. On the topic of leadership, do we simply have too many timid leaders this day around the country? Do you find that people are, are searching for for perhaps uh, candidates, leaders, people around them who, who are stronger in, in their convictions, who are, are stronger in, in the qualities needed uh, to lead? Now, leadership is really a tough uh, business in these days. Uh, I was uh, head of the Office of Personnel Management, uh, head of the Civil Service for Ronald Reagan uh, mm-hmm. many years ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, leadership is always a problem, uh, and maybe especially in government, and especially with such an aggressive media that we have. Uh, 
And I, I taught for many, many years, including from the government, uh, that the basic problem that we have today is uh, the need for courage. <laughs> uh, and we have so little, and all of the incentives in Washington uh, uh, are not to be courageous. Uh, uh, in fact, used to teach uh, incoming political appointees, and I would tell them, if you want to be a success in Washington terms, don't do anything. Because uh, <laughs> if you don't do anything, people don't get upset about it, uh, and you'll rise up to the top uh, in a bureaucratic uh, situation. Uh, courage is the, the great uh, element that we're missing, uh, and I always uh, look to... Uh, my good friend uh, was my president uh, boss, uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, and I end most of my uh, lectures uh, uh, or Socratic seminars, I should say, with uh, the story of Ronald Reagan when he got shot with an inch of his uh, heart and, uh, and uh, when I wheeled him into the operating room, uh, he just was a, a great guy, of course, many other examples. But when he is wheeled in there, he's talking to, uh, he's out cold and they have to artificially wake him up and say, we're, we're going to start the operation now and uh, uh, we need you to sign this thing. And so he says, what is it? And he says, well, we can't guarantee you're going to live through this. And... Uh, he uh, uh, he looks up at him. I know what I'd be, be thinking at that time. He signs this thing, and you know, all of us would be frightened. He probably sure. was too, but it didn't turn him down. He looks around the room with the nurses and doctors standing around the, the table, and he says, "You guys all." Republicans. <laughs> For once in his life, though, he was outdone. The chief doctor, who was a Democrat, said, we all are today, sir. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, just an incredible guy. When he was young, he was a, 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 a guard, a lifeguard. Uh, and back in those days, you were in rivers and rolling rivers uh, he saved uh, i forget now 80 people something like that uh, mm -hmm. over his time doing that uh, courageous man uh, but incredible sense of humor doing it i think he's somebody you can really i mean even uh, barack obama and uh, mrs clinton when they ran against each other the first time uh, we were all asked who was the most consequential president of their time, and they both said Ronald Reagan. <laughs> um, it, 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 so we need heroes, and we have so few of them. Uh, and, and leadership is such such a difficult uh, business, and uh, and you know that's what we need to find and that's what we at the fund for american studies are looking for people to do that and to let them know that uh, there are things beyond whether the washington post likes you or not <laughs> uh dr donald devine is with us here on the future of freedom podcast i, I wanted to ask about the, the concept of courage that you that you just talked about i was having a conversation literally early earlier today 
with someone about this this topic. Would you define would you define courage as as being bold, saying exactly what you think and exactly what you believe in, in the search for uh, for power, for for a for a for, for a position for to, to lead? Is it the same kind of courage, a different kind of courage, not courage at all, perhaps to to compromise in some of your beliefs in order to to win and accept incremental gains toward what you want to achieve is that, a, is that would you define both as courage is one different than the other yes both are courage uh, and they are different uh, and the second one uh, of having some kind of moral roots uh, and some pragmatic uh, ability uh, you need both uh, and uh, Politics uh, isn't mean bang, uh, <laughs> and it, it's a very tough business, probably the toughest business. Uh, so it's not always, you know, running up the hill. Or sometimes uh, you got to stay down to the bottom for a while. <laughs> um, what would you define as the values in this country essential to the preservation and success of a free society? What, what's on top of that list? Well, actually, I'm what they call a fusionist. That uh, uh, balances uh, uh, what we call libertarian means and traditionalist ends. Uh, and uh, there are no easy secrets. Uh, I'm a great disciple of uh, Frederick Hayek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, in fact, the one that really turned me into thinking uh, in the right direction about what society is about. Uh, it's on page 61 of the his, uh, Constitution of Liberty. Uh, and it's called the, the Great Paradox of Society is that all the real free societies have all been tradition-bound societies. (laughs) You need both. Uh, Neither one alone works, uh, uh, and both together are really what Western civilization is all about. The only one that kind of has two top uh, values. Now, some people have a, a, a... a sense above those two values. Uh, uh, Hayek, it was a, a kind of a complex rationalism uh, for uh, more uh, religious people. It may be a god. or uh, But that thing at the top is something that is not knowable easily. Mm-hmm. You can know things about it. Uh, but nobody knows all about it. So at a practical level, we're always faced with this, this uh, synthesis, this fusion, this uh, balance. Uh, I wrote a book called, with the term tension. I mean, and, and it's always a balance between uh, these two fundamental uh, issues. Ronald Reagan, he gave a talk in 19. Eighty uh, after he'd won the presidency, the whole big group of conservative leaders, um, in which he 
defined uh, much uh, better than I'm going to hear. I'm going to shorten it. That that uh, what we were all about is this synthesis uh, uh, between freedom uh, and order, and freedom and tradition, uh, uh, and. Uh, he used the term synthesis in the speech, and it just knocked me over. Huh. Uh, I was a professor and had uh, been with him for a while, even then. But uh, he, he, he used that term, uh, and I mentioned that to a whole bunch of people, and they all said, oh, it was one of his speechwriters. Well, I knew all of them, <laughs> uh, and I went and asked them, and they didn't know what he meant by synthesis. Uh, I mean, it was him. And I think that's really what made him so much better uh, than most. He read voraciously. If you go to his ranch, uh, there's a uh, one of the conservative groups, Young America's Foundation, uh, runs it. Uh, they have his original bookshelves there. Just look at what the man was reading. <laughs> um, but anyway, as you can see, I kind of like Ronald Reagan. But yes. uh I mean, the question is, is that it's a balance, uh, and that's all we, with our limited uh, ability. And, of course, the, the great heresy, political heresy in the United States is technically based from uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson, uh, progressivism. Uh, I think there's an answer in everything. Throw up an expert. He has a answer just keep the the one uh, principle uh, of expertise running everything uh, it just doesn't work hmm. and that's why america is in the <laughs> shape it's in today yeah uh, uh, we have no uh since we simplify everything uh, throw in today trillions of dollars at things and and they don't know how to make that system work. Hmm. My expertise is really bureaucracy. Uh, The fact is that this big national government, uh, so many duties, it can't possibly do them. And and I'll I'll, uh, 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 use the authority of Paul Light, who's the the top person at the Brookings Institution. The Brookings Institution is the beginning of the whole progressive idea that uh, the Constitution is flawed and needs experts to override the political operations, Uh, he admits that the government can't faithfully execute the laws anymore. It's too big and it's too blind. Uh, uh, A great uh, von Mises he wrote a he's mostly known as an economist, but he wrote a book on bureaucracy published by Yale University Press, uh, still available. Uh, it explains why the government can't have big, long organizations uh, like that because it has no communication device between them. Uh, mm-hmm. The only in the private sector, you, you can go to any big organization. You ask one question: Is it making a profit or not? Uh, and if it does, you're going to change it. You get rid of it, so change it. In, in the public sector, even if you could go down and measure that, you don't have a profit and loss mechanism to do it. But even if you could, if you find out that they're doing badly, what do you do in government? 
you do more of it, <laughs> not less of it, uh -huh. because, well, you got to solve poverty. So, so they don't have a, a, a way of measuring other than the old performance appraisal system in which 90% of people get satisfactory or above ratings on. Uh, uh, it doesn't work, and it can't work, and for the last 15, 20 years, uh, the majorities in the polls show that people know it doesn't work. Uh, now, they still don't know what to do to make it work, and they're going to vote for a lot of people who uh, actually think it can work and just keep <laughs> throwing more money at it. But maybe the recession that's coming in the next uh, year or two might wake more people up. Dr. Donald Devine is with us on the Feature of Freedom podcast. You wrote a book in 1996 called Restoring the Tenth Amendment that talked about some of this national, state, local government split. Since then, I think it's apparent that the national government has assumed even more responsibilities that should be uh, state or local responsibilities. How and why have we allowed that to happen? Well, because... Uh the progressive uh, view of the world has been the dominant one. Uh, Woodrow Wilson himself started off the, the main institutions we still have today. He started the, the Federal Reserve System, the regulatory system, uh, and he had a basically conservative Congress, too, so he couldn't get most of it done. It wasn't done so Franklin Roosevelt uh, after a big depression, uh, and maybe, you know, when we have our big reset, one, maybe uh, the other side will be able to do something uh, to cut back. Uh, and that's what they have to do. They have to put it back. It, it, as I say, I've been saying this message for 50 years since uh, Reagan. Uh, uh, it doesn't work, the national one. It's got to be back there. I know you, you mentioned earlier, what if they don't want it? Uh, well, if they, if the locals don't want it, it doesn't matter because they're going to get it. <laughs> uh, and we've seen it already. What, what's the biggest political, uh, domestic problem we've had uh, in recent years is uh, the COVID virus. Uh, what did we do? We couldn't do it at the national level. Mm -hmm. uh, and President Trump was wise enough to send it down to the states and then, and the, the states that uh, got rid of it quickest uh, uh, decentralized it to, to their local governments. Uh, and, of course, uh, President Biden ran against that. He decentralized. So he got in. He was in there a couple of months. What did he do? He kept decentralizing it. <laughs> it can't be done. So it's going to happen, uh, uh, whether it happens uh, sooner or later, or if it doesn't happen uh, uh, well, even if there is, uh, you know, a civil war, it's still going to decentralize. That's the only way to go. This can't work. When, when you're out and, and doing these these seminars across the country, do, do you get the feeling that people understand this? Do you get the feeling that people know that something is, is wrong with how government is functioning at this point and perhaps some of what, what, what has made us great in the past is being lost? Do, do, they, do they understand and realize that, and do they have any idea about why that is? Well, the polls are very clear, and Gallup's been doing this for 50 years, 60 years. Um, I mean, it's clear. They know the federal government doesn't work in the polls. Uh, 
again, Gallup's been taking it for years and years. They've always said the state and local are, are better and local uh, best. Uh, they know it, but they don't know how to solve the problem. <laughs> um, and uh, a lot of people getting a lot of money from the government. Um, and they'll stick with it until it falls. Democracy is a tough business. It's, you know, again, Churchill, everybody quotes it as the worst system except every other one. <laughs> um, and uh, that's the problem. Um, they have uh, for, for, half, for a century, really, if you start with Wilson's uh, administration, uh, we're going to have to go back to the uh, uh, local uh, and really, states are becoming, even counties are too big. We have to get back and, and have a serious discussion uh, of how local we need to get. Uh, and, you know, local government does work. Uh, 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 and even government that isn't really government. Uh, the, 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 the social activity that happens and does so much good in neighborhoods and communities. Uh, we don't even look the Washington post, uh, doesn't look, uh, there. Uh, it works now as best we have. Uh, the problem is the, 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 the feds are telling everybody that they are have science again, uh, the great uh, Frederick Hayek uh, pointed out so well, wow, that kind of science is phony science. Hmm. Uh, but they do it, and it goes out, and they send people a lot of money. A lot of people, especially uh, highly educated people, are in businesses that uh, totally live off the national government. Or... You, you wrote a book in 2004, In Defense of the West. How can we continue to defend Western values uh, in a culture that, that is questioning everything? What, what's the best defense of our Western values and our American institutions? Well, our best defense is our tradition. Um, our tradition that starts basically with uh, uh, Abraham, or you could say Adam, but uh, and builds in Western civilization uh, over time. And when when we followed uh, the norms, uh, we've been successful. And when we haven't, we haven't. <laughs> um, and it's gone up and down through history. It's kind of survived through uh, different ways. Uh, had a Moses and Jesus and uh, transferred and through history, maybe the uh, Magna Carta, I think, was an important thing that mm -hmm. influenced uh, America. Uh, and we can look back and see when it uh, what did the right stuff. It worked, and when it what didn't, it didn't. How we, it's done uh, is very hard, and don't want to be too pessimistic, but... Uh, you know, nothing lasts forever. Certainly, it hasn't till now. Uh, so it's something that's always in danger, and we have to get as many good men and women as possible to hold on to that tradition uh, in somewhat different ways. But I think basically, uh, 
around a, a, a tradition that's uh, still there and still alive, uh, but it's certainly attenuated today. Final question for Dr. Donald Devine. As we look toward the future of freedom, the name of this podcast, what, what do you see as the most immediate, the most pressing fights on the horizon when it comes to freedom and liberty in this country? Uh, I don't think I can point to one thing. Uh, but if I would, I, I, I truly think even though it, it, it's not directly a moral question in some ways, is that this enormous size and incompetence of the national government uh, is the, the biggest uh, problem. I mean, uh, take uh, poverty and people out of work and not wanting to work. Uh, I mean, uh, a lot of people aren't working because the government pays them not to work. Mm. Uh, um, so there is so many things that we're doing in the national government. I really do think, even though I'm not a, a very much uh, think values are important and but I think the problem today truly is big government. Uh, that, that at least in the short term, uh, is the biggest problem. Uh, I'm not too worried about the moral character of the people. Uh, I think there's a lot of good people that aren't working, that could be working and be better off working with the, uh, uh, they're just being paid too much not to. <laughs> Dr. Donald Devine, he is Grucock Senior Scholar for the Fund for American Studies. Dr. Devine, thank you so much for joining us here on the Future of Freedom podcast. Well, thank you for having me, uh, Scott. I really appreciate it. It's kind of fun to think through these things yourself on uh, being questioned. <laughs> I'm Scott Bertram. For more episodes of the Future of Freedom podcast and other fine podcasts from America's Talking Network, check out americastalking.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Future of Freedom, presented by America's Talking Network.